pretty sure Max was going to come out of the chute with a Christmas song. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Well, there's always we got time, right? We have till three. Normally what happens is I play, like, Let It Snow or Winter Wonderland, which are not Christmas songs. They are, but they are. about snow. You're just you? What do I know about Christmas? 1209. Uh, It's white out. Very white. And it's sticking. I don't know how you feel about it. Some people, oh, it's so pretty. It's so nice. It's nice if you're by the fire at home. Other people are like, I don't want to be here. Well, like I say, you know, when they're like, don't you love the snow? Don't you? I said, no, I have the weather channel. You know, I want to see uh, glaciers and ice. And so I'll just put the weather channel on. Oh, look at that. And then go outside and suntan. When I left the house today, Crusher was had his laptop out and all these papers that he was going through. And he had it all set up. Right next to the fireplace, and I was like, kind of felt feelings of anger. I was just like, anger, not... envy, both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would too. say envy probably is the right word, but there had to be. There was a little anger in there. I'm like, this doesn't seem right, and it doesn't seem fair. And Maxie, you too, and on this, hello, by the way. Um, right. I think we've all been in the position where we had to get up and go somewhere early go to work, go to an appointment or something. And our spouse didn't have to. And we got up, we got dressed and we kept looking over and they were snuggling their pillows. And it's sad to have happened. Maxie, does it happen to you or you just, is everything great all the time? So many questions. Is everything great all the time? Yeah. No, I mean, I used to work mornings for a very long time, so I was the one who would get up and she'd be snuggling in bed, all looking toasty, and I was trudging you, out at four o'clock in the morning. You were know? you giving her the sasher as a fresher sasher? Uh, no. No, you don't. You didn't feel any envy. No. Oh, no. okay. I'm happy he doesn't... for her that she gets to sleep in. Yeah, oh. I guess I, I can. I, I there's I a part know. of me that can also be happy that he gets to sit there with his laptop and his phone and. Work remotely by the fireplace. And during the week, my wife uh, gets up and goes to work before I do. Which you um, love, right? But, like, that just exhilarates oh, you. Oh, I, I do love it. But I, I get up right after her. I, I can't go right back to sleep because I got to shuffle everybody else off to Buffalo. But she'll turn on the Today Show and the lights to get dressed and get ready to go. And then just leave. The TV's on, the lights on. That's her little. That's a that's a poke at you. Totally, it is. Totally, little. Yeah, and I'm. She's sleeping at night, and I'm going through my phone, and you know, there's the ding. You got a message, ding. Can you turn that down? I'm like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Anyway, all is great at home, as you can tell. We're fine. Uh, it's the weekend. That's good. It's a four-day weekend for my kids. Yeah, same with Oscar. Ah, uh, President's Day, or is it Howard Taft's birthday or what? Something Monday. And then they say, well, we'll just throw Friday in. As a work day? So we can do something. And, you know, it's fine for us because we got teenagers, but we got little kids. 
that's expenses of babysitters and making plans and moving people around. And Man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm glad I don't have to deal with the, that component because you're right. It would they, they would sometimes, at our old schools that we went to, they would add a day and a half. So they'd have a half a day, which will really throw everybody off on a Thursday, and then be off all the way through Monday. Yeah, I don't understand the half day reasoning at all. But there's, you know, we could fill this room with what I don't understand. True. Several times. I haven't mentioned the show. We have one. And it's right here at this time. And what's on it? You're very inquisitive today. A giveaway. Coming right out of the chute, giving stuff away, thanks to Mr. Maxie. Tom O'Keefe joins us from Real Spoilers to talk about a movie. Uh, Chris Hansen covering the uh, music at the intersection. Actually, he started it. It's the fourth year for that. It's not coming up till fall. It'll be warm. It's an outside event. Probably wouldn't go over so well this weekend. Um, but they've announced the lineup and ticket sales. So we'll get the skinny on that from him. Captain Paul, of course, brings us up to date on his social life um, and a podcast called Chasing Earhart about Amelia Earhart. We'll talk to Chris Williamson, who is the host of that. Tonight is the Post-Dispatch Trivia Night, which is always very popular. One of its hosts and a regular on this broadcast, this station anyway, Joe Holloman, is going to pop in for a few minutes and bring us up to up to speed on what's going on tonight. So that's the whole thing. Just laid it out for you. What we don't know is where Julie and Max have been for the last day. Just the last edition there, unless I, I missed it, and I very well could have. Did you mention know the show? I did not because I didn't highlight it. That's why I was about to cry. I don't yeah. know why. Julie really looked like she was in tears over there, sweet butterfly princess, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I have to make sure that we bring up Know the Show. And we will be playing for Dewey's Pizza Gift Cards. Oh, wow. We can have wow. three winners, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. Dewey's Pizza Gift Cards to give away. We love Dewey's Pizza. Yes, we do. Know the Show. Pixie. Pixie. All right. You're good to go. Uh, all right. So Actually, uh, you're not wrong. What's happening, kids? Well, okay. So last night, we were watching TV, and I brought up the subject that we talked about here on The Carney Show with Crusher. The subject that we discussed about having a budget. And I said, you know, I said, back when we were younger, we were so much better about a budget. And I think that we should go back to that because I've been listening to Dave Ramsey, the financial guy and some other people. And I thought, I think it makes more sense. And Max was talking about how it takes stress away because you have, you have the boundaries and the budget and the whole thing. Carney doesn't have a budget either, but we we were we were talking about it and i went on and on with this big pitch about making a budget again getting back to being more strict with our finances and he just said okay do a budget and i'm like well that's not exactly what i meant i meant it's like for you to do a budget and then for me to have like a little give you an allowance basically is what of, you're asking yes exactly give you an allowance crusher yes crusher because i call him crusher and uh, he said, but then if we do that, 
Are you going to stick to it? Oh, adherence is a problem here. I know. Yeah. And I said, probably not, but let's just do it. I think it would be fun. <laughs> I think it would be, I think it would be um, something that would probably reveal a lot. Like you're spending probably too much money dining out. Well, in every budget, we, you always round up and you always think, okay, let's say that it's X amount of dollars for groceries. You make it 50 bucks more because you just never know what, you know. And then what that gives you every month is a bit of wiggle room. And that wiggle room, for instance, today after work, he bought a statue. It will buy. That's, a, that's what I was not thinking. A, no, no, no. Just, just it, it'll buy a six dollar copy of the new issue of Blue Beetle, which I'm going to pick up after work today. Thank God, I've been oh, wanting is that it. out today. Right? It's out. It was out on Wednesday. I couldn't. Get, I had to wait till payday. <laughs> but it's like six bucks, and I know that I can afford it because we do a budget. So you want to leave early today? I mean, sure. Avoid the line. <laughs> avoid the lines. Sure. Single yeah. file, no pushing. Yeah, I don't don't worry too much about a budget because I would think the very least one would need money to make a budget. I just think you go and you go and, well, it's not there. No? What's what's not there? Money. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. Yeah. I should. So that's our conversation last night. So maybe this weekend I will take pen to paper or just probably type one out on the computer and then say, let's just do this from now on and. You know, well, good luck with your allowance, and we'll check back in a couple of weeks. And well, I see. didn't say that I wasn't going to get some cash out. Yeah, you might want to stock up. You're right. Like drain one of the accounts and say, you know, how about I don't spend anything for a whole week, and you've got this little stay. Oh yeah, that could be fun. Didn't hear it from me. Okay, wow. I hope he's not listening. You know, I don't think approaching a budget with dishonesty is really the way to go. Well, it's just my oh, side no. of the budget. He's, he's got to be honest with his. He doesn't really buy anything. Except once every 30 years, some hunting stuff. Yeah, it's probably hunting gear. He drives a 10-year-old truck. Sure. That used to be our kids. <laughs> you guys have reminded me, though, I bid on stuff on eBay yesterday, and I forgot about it. Uh-oh. I got some bad news yesterday, and I was stressed, and I went right to my computer and started looking up things. Stress shopping? Thinking, yes. It's a thing. It really... and I and She's I, rubbing I, off on And you. I forgot about it until just now. I'm like, oh, I should probably check and see if... Hopefully you didn't get it because right. it might blow the budget. Yeah, that's the thing. It's more about just, oh, I'm going to bid on this, and I'm f- cool if I don't get it. I don't need a, a Wonder Woman tree ornament for Christmas. You I really do. But you don't. But I don't. Wonder Woman. So stressful day <laughs> yesterday, Maxie? Oh, no, it's fine. I actually, uh, I went to, uh, it was a volunteer day at, at uh, 10th Life uh, Cat Rescue, and um, my wife does like to give me trouble for enjoying stuff like we always say like we couldn't convert and become buddhist because you have to give away all of your stuff and not have yeah stuff and i la- i don't feel like is that what clutter. they do i didn't know that yeah they give away they can have a, good for a, them a, a, attachments and a material possessions vow and, of poverty no well, thank you well, it's yeah material possessions get in the way of spiritual growth is kind of that probably true of, it's probably true but the thing is oh, no, i like no. things i like clutter i like my stuff and so anyway i bring it up because when i was done with my volunteer work at the cat shelter i'm on my way out and uh, Reagan, who works there, said, "Oh, you know, we have all this whole uh, jar of um, uh, keychains. Would you would you like a keychain?" And I looked at her and I said, "Yes, I would like a keychain." That made his and it year. just made my day. And I got home and I said to Katie, "Look, I got a keychain, which is so ridiculous and dumb, but I like stuff. Is it is it a crime to like stuff? I like no. Stuff. It's a crime to not give jar of keychains a band name." Oh, that is okay. a crime. Yeah, I like yeah. It. That yes. was overlooked. I don't say this often, but you are so right, Carney. That was totally overlooked. 
It looks uh, like we're in Switzerland at Westport right now. There's oh, yeah. like the oh, snow's man. coming down and yeah. it looks I drove in it. It was not fun. And that whole chalet look yeah. over there. It looks like yeah, it does look like the Alps. I'm gonna go out there and yodel. Yodel he just kind of call Ruby Lee. Overcoming me. So uh, what did I do? Drained the hot tub, climbed in there and scrubbed it, cleaned it. Didn't get it completely finished. What? Wait, when was this? Yesterday. Just so after work, you drained the hot tub. Yeah. And you climbed in there yourself. No, my boys do. Oh. They spend more time in it than I do. I'm like, you get in there and do this. So, I want one now. I never understood the allure of a hot tub oh, until I turned 50. Oh. And everything kind oh, of achy. This is my fourth one. Isn't it kind of like a boat, though? Like, the great thing about a boat is if somebody else owns it. I always That's felt what my like, dad used to say. Yeah, I always felt like a hot tub. Like, I've, I've they're great. I love them. But I also kind of like not maintaining them. Well, having a boat doesn't soothe your muscles. Mm. You know? Good point. Aches and Again. pains just kind of evaporate. And to lay in the hot tub on a clear night and look up at the stars, pretty nice place to be. I will agree with you on that. There's a hot tub in my brother's place. I have a brother in Cabo, and there is that is my happy place to sit there, look up at the stars at night, yeah. and sit in that thing. Oh, my God. And in, in Newtown, we're kind of in a pattern for a lot of flights coming into Lambert. And so lay in a hot tub and watch like 15 planes go by. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, not like We used to live out by Spirit Airport and they would do the air show every year. Yeah. And I would always get the schedule and try to schedule the baby's nap time when they weren't going to come and shake the house. Yeah. Um, But it was so fun to watch all that and to see that. I think it's the aviation part of that is very interesting and very fun to watch. So that was my whole thing, and I spatchcocked another chicken last night to make for dinner. Your buddy Carson Daly was talking about that on the Today Show yesterday. That I was spatchcocking that, chicken? No, about spatchcocking chicken. Uh-huh. And how it makes it so much better because everything is cooked evenly. I usually do it with the turkey uh, on Thanksgiving, but I bought a chicken at the store yesterday and thought, well, I'll spatchcock this and cook it up for dinner. And I did. And for people that don't know, spatchcocking is going along like the backbone and just splitting the chicken in half so it gets splayed out and there's more surface area. And I don't know if I was tired or I wasn't paying attention, but I had it upside down and I cut the other end. Ooh. So it looked like roadkill before I cooked it. Tasted fine. Threw some potatoes, onions, veal stock, a few other things in there. But it looked like something out of a horror movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Delicious, though. Delicious. You, you would not have played a, a good role in playing Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, in the delicious movie. horror movie prop. So, uh, yeah, that's it for moi. I know we have to take a break here, and I would love to hear about uh, Stewart's American Mortgage, but I also feel like we should tell the audience, maybe give them a preview when we oh. come back, of uh, the easiest and most carefree interview that John Carney's ever done in 40 years radio. Well, I figure tomorrow, 
when we go around the room. It's more Saturday. So. Well, Monday when we talk about accounting for our time, I'll tell you. Here's how my weekend started. Friday morning, I had a chat with this famous person. And, you know, I was driving, but the car didn't have a steering wheel. <laughs> Pretty I'll, much. I'll go deeper in a bit. Yeah, Max uh, mentioned Stuart. So I'll follow up on that and tell you that he's making deals left and right. And I have talked to a couple of listeners who followed up on our advice, called him, and they really weren't even interested in doing anything. They're not moving. They really didn't need to need to free up cash for anything. But they thought, well... All right, let's see. I mean, Carney's always talking about, well, they could do, you know, anything you need. So, all right. Um, Got a call back. $200. One couple saved. They just reached out and said, here's what we have. Here's what we're paying. Here's what we're doing. And there's a new program he came in and told us about. And it's one where you're getting a lower rate that's even offered now on the market. He's kind of gambling in a way that the rates will come down, but right now he's going to give you the lower rate that he thinks is coming. So you might want to look into it, even if it's not the topic of conversation in your household. I think you'd be pleased. 314-324-4440. That's 314 324 4440 at Stewart's American Mortgage Corp online at stewartsamc.com. Friend of the... No. It's 12.32. Friend of the... Nope. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's going to happen. You know who is a friend of the show? Uh, Hopefully the boss. I know the boss's wife. Big shout out to Joyce. Great taste in radio shows. I was going to say Billy D. Williams, but... Really, I've never met him, personally. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember talking to me either. All right. Quickly, here's the deal. Uh... I did not realize when I got up this morning that by lunchtime, I will have had the most awkward interview I've ever done in 40 years. 40 years. I sat down at one point, tried to figure out the numbers, approximate, and I'm pretty sure I've talked to over 25,000 people on the radio. And to Today was maybe the weirdest one of all. <laughs> I mean, weirdest. Sherman Hemsley was was out there. Um, who was married to uh, Rosie O'Donnell? That, to Rosie O'Donnell? Not uh, to Roseanne Barr. Oh, Tom Arnold? He was completely wasted. Jamie Kennedy, who was sitting next to you over there, was totally out of it. This was a different kind of out of it. And Max will tell you 
Billy D. Williams is 87 years old. Well, we've talked to a lot of 87. We just talked to the uh, White uh, White House, uh, White, White Castle, Castle. Graver yeah. guy who's 83, 4. And he was adorable. Had his wits, sure. And so this morning, I talked to Billy D. Williams, and personally, I didn't think this would ever see the light of day. But Max desperately wants to use it. So to m- I Monday? do uh, Monday, yes, Monday because tomorrow Saturday uh, he'll be here Tuesday. He'll be way. here Tuesday at Chaminade to uh, talk about his new memoir called "What Have We Here," which is a famous line from a movie he was in called "The Empire Strikes Back." And Carney does ask him about. It? Well, that's the thing. We we're going to get to that too. I had the great pleasure and honor of meeting him years ago when he came to Metropolis, Illinois, for the Superman celebration. Kind of odd that he was there, but he did play a Batman character in 1989, and so that's how they got him in there. And uh, this, he was probably only 80 at the time, but I realized, wow, he's definitely an elderly man, you know, and even though it was great to talk to him and great to meet him, I thought, you know, if he did the press tour again, I might decline just because he may be... uh, you know, is showing his age a bit. And so Carney this week is like, we got Billy Dee Williams. I'm so excited. And I said, oh, maybe hold your, you know, hold your, reserve your your excitement. Reserve your joy. I didn't say I was so excited. And so here is a clip that I'm so happy to play of uh, of John Carney asking Billy Dee Williams about the Rolling Stones. What about the Rolling Stones? Going out and partying with the Rolling Stones. What was that experience like? I don't know. I met them one time. That's about it. Is that the whole club? Oh, it's so great. I am. Um, one, two, two three. three. I don't know. I met them one time. Prior know. to interviews, I'll, I'll dig deep <laughs> and look at old interviews they did with other periodicals and such or video clips. <laughs> and that one and most of the other questions he refuted um, – we're out of a People magazine story. At one point, Carney's like, "So wow, being in Star Wars must have really, uh, you know, blown up your whole career, you know, to a huge success." And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, He's like, yeah, I guess people like it. I don't know." <laughs> and I think under my breath, at one point, I said, "Did you? Were you in that?" Uh, but it's great. He was but like, I don't oh, think he heard me. I met the Stones one time. I don't know. <laughs> so. <sighs> Our point is go to Chaminade on Tuesday because he's going to be hilarious. I'm thinking the book is probably a tad more detailed. Or it's 11 pages. <laughs> I I don't know. And a kind man, and we've talked a few. He was so nice. We've talked he a few great. times over the years. He was great. Well, he wasn't there. Let's, let's. From the 314, it says, I recall going to a book signing of Billy D a few years ago, and he started to nod off in his seat. Yeah, that could be on you. You know what? You got to fight for your right to party. Sam. Do you he's, a na- he's a national treasure. He and is. It was so yeah. great to meet him and talk to him. It's just, he, you know, he's an elderly man. And, and I, it, we all have grandparents that we've spoken to, and you kind of lose the plot sometimes. And that's kind of what was happening. And it was just, I found some humor in it. But no, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He'll be in town on Tuesday. And we, you'll hear the whole interview on Monday, much to Carney's chagrin. I'm kind of, I, I really want to play it. And uh, you'll find out about his early nude modeling career. <laughs> he didn't like that question either. I don't even think he heard it. I don't even know what I was talking about. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Monday I'll be subjected subjected to that. So will you. So will you. That might make the uh, 40th anniversary 
shows when we get to that coming up next month. Oh, man, this is a perfect segue. I didn't even plan this. Uh, Carney has sent me audio of President Joe Biden. Uh, I haven't talked to him. Not making any sense, though, about not tasting good and everything. Do you only have one clip of Joe Biden not making any sense? It kind of fits with the 87-year-old Billy D. Williams, right? Should we, should we play this? Do you I, need to set it up? They went to school together. No, I, I mean, I gave it to you a few days ago. I don't remember what the context was. He was talking about Americans and what a great country we are. Yeah, he was, and, I believe, at a uh, like an auto plant, I believe, and talking about American industry coming back. But then he said some strange things towards the end, and uh, I know that this will make Julie happy. So here we go. Oh, no. We now have, in large part because of you and organized labor, the strongest economy in the whole damn world. We do. We do. In the whole world. Inflation's coming down. Jobs are growing. We created 800,000 manufacturing jobs. Remember they told us we were dead, manufacturing's dead in America? China was going to eat our lunch? Well, guess what, man? We don't taste that good. What? What? We, oh, we don't taste that good. And people are like, oh, oh what? I, it doesn't make me happy. It makes me scared that our enemies are going to hear that and think. Here's what concerns me on the political front. A lot of things. Vladimir Putin. Oh. There's a few things with him in the news today. But yesterday, he basically... Through an endorsement behind Joe Biden, saying that he would be a better president. And it seems like Trump had spent an awful lot of time doing some of the damage control and PR for the Russian czar. And then Vlad says, yeah, Joe Biden, I don't know if Joe Biden realizes that, you know, people that that call out Vladimir Putin fall out windows, disappear, Mm. get poisoned, just like in the news today. Die in prison. biggest opponent died in prison, who yesterday was in court laughing and talking to people and, yeah, poison, natural causes. The Kremlin, though, says they're looking into it. (laughs) So we can rest easy now, can't we? Sure we can. Uh, All right, we got to take a break. We will uh, come back and we'll talk about Amelia Earhart. Stick around. We get more and more interested and more and more theories crop up. And certainly one of those is Amelia Earhart. And there is a podcast out there called Chasing Earhart and also a book called Rabbit Hole, The Vanishing of Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan. Chris Williamson, responsible for both joins us on the program, and he was on with uh, 
uh, Josh and Heidi, and we liked it so much we stole them. So, hi, Chris. Hey, thank you so much. That's uh, that's very kind. Very kind of you. So, was it easier to lay these stories out on the page or with your mouth? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, a lot of the book, the first edition of Rabbit Hole that came out a couple of summers ago, was really just taking a lot of season one of Vanish, our podcast, which was all about Earhart and Noonan, and taking that and converting it into something you hear versus something you read. So you have to take certain liberties, make sure it's okay with the guests. So I think putting it into the book was about a three-year, almost almost three-year process. So that was definitely harder than than just recording and just, you know, clicking record and go. That's a little bit a little bit easier that way. Was this a COVID thing for you, or have you always been fascinated by the topic? No, this is more like a third grade thing with me. Oh, way back. So it's gone, <laughs> yeah, it's ran the gamut in my life through everything. Uh, you know, it was a situation that when I was a kid, uh, early on in, in grade school, I remember very distinctively that we did a History Day project uh, in class, and my teacher hung a bunch of 8 by 10 glossies around the room, and there was everybody you can think of that you could immediately think of, American icons, non-American icons, and she was, of course, there. It's the famous bomber jacket photo that everybody's probably seen if you've Googled her, and uh, I didn't know who she was, and I picked her, and I just kept coming back even as a kid. I thought the legacy was really special. I thought it was different, and uh, then, of course, you get to the really the juiciest disappearance of all time at the end of her career, which is, you know, really remarkable. So I just kept coming back to it and the, the, the theories and the ideas and the thoughts became more complex and it's become what it's become now. Not to, not to question anything, Chris, but her disappearance obviously would be at the end of her career. I'm sorry, too <laughs> yes. soon? Yes, I guess that's a good point. Yes, it is. But it's really the juiciest. I mean, it really is the juiciest. We say this all the time, and I will say this so I'm blue in the face. It really is the holy grail. It really is the holy grail. This is a woman who disappeared at the height of her popularity. She was the most photographed and videographed woman on the face of the earth, maybe person at the time. And just imagine the most famous person on the face of the earth right now just vanishing into thin air with no reason. You know, no, no logical reason, no legitimate reason. It's just all speculation and all theory. And that's what you've got here in 1937, which is obviously a very different time. Than, and no, no, you know, no, now. no evidence at all. And here we are, you know, all these years later, like eight decades later, and yeah. as recently as the last couple of weeks, yeah. yet another theory, yet another potential proof of finding the craft. Yeah, well, Tony Romeo and Deep Sea Vision, I won't put words in their mouth, but I can only say this because he said this on our very own show. Just to be just is, to be clear, that's Tony yes. Romeo, right? Romeo. Okay, yes. just yes. sounds similar to somebody else, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just uh, I'm only saying this because he said this on our show, and, and he, he really feels and Deep Sea Vision feels that they are bringing forth with this sonar image the first legitimate evidence that this plane does that does exist. You know, it's like he says— in the show, it's not a Bigfoot. It does exist. It is real. It is out there. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty exciting time to be in the Earhart game with multiple theories going on and multiple, you know, potential planes and just all kinds of different stuff that's being investigated. It's it's really exciting right now. You venture into four of the theories, 
And Max yeah. has one as well that he's very excited about. Oh, well, I, I just read about this years ago that they found some sort of plane wreckage on an island that was uninhabited sure. except for coconut crabs. And then I made the mistake sure. of Googling coconut crabs, and they're terrifying, Chris. He hasn't slept <laughs> yes. well. Yes. For, for listeners, listen, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, that's all uh, we're going to be able to do now. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure it's um yeah, the coconut crab thing. I mean, you're what you're talking about is is something called the castaway theory. It's not an old theory. Actually, none of these theories are old. What I should say that what what Tony is positing with this image is is a very old theory. It's actually the very first theory or idea um and that is that the that Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan just simply ran out of gas. You know, they had they, a lot of things went wrong that morning. The sum of a lot of little things added up to them being lost forever. But what you're talking about is Nika Mororo, and that's the castaway theory, which puts her about 400-ish miles away from Howland Island, which I consider to be ground zero for this case. That's where she was heading. That was, you know, that was the final destination for that mark before they would hit Hawaii and be home. So Nika Mororo is a, a very interesting theory. It's been 30-plus years. They've been to the island 13 or 14 times. It's really been around for a while, and it's one of the most robust uh, you know, cases that have been built over the course of the disappearance. And oh, the I just just looked at coconut. I just looked at coconut. Too. Coconut crabs is always fun. We are yeah, rebels. Coconut crabs, it always adds. It always adds some some fun to it. I guess. So, are there descendants that you have been able to visit with? And in particular, I'm very curious uh, of any descendants of Fred Noonan's. And do they carry any resentment because he was like the Pete Best of aviation? He was in the plane yeah. with a millionaire. Nobody talks about him. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. Um, just to, I guess, to answer your first question, we have, you know, we are in contact with, we have talked with and interviewed several descendants of, of Amelia Earhart uh, and even the Putnam family, George Putnam, which who was her husband, and of course, we have been we're working on the Fred Noonan side. We have been talking as much as we can about Fred Noonan because he was, as you said, he was the guy. So if you're in that plane at that time and you're Earhart, that's the guy you want in the plane with you. He is the best in the world. He literally when I say he wrote the book, he literally wrote the book for Pan Am on you know, Pacific flights. He did a lot of stuff. He was one of the best out there at the time. And uh, a lot of people forget that there was a second person, a newly remarried man who was going to start a navigation school if they returned successfully. It kind of adds to the sadness of it. There was certainly another life there. And uh, he doesn't get the due that he deserves. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. But she didn't have any children. She had two stepchildren. So is that she who did. you consider to be the descendants? Well, we have. So we've talked with um, she had a sister. Um, so she's Grace got nieces Morty. and nephews. So she had a she has a niece, um, yes, and her niece uh, her niece's name is Amy Kleppner. She's a real she's lovely. She's really amazing, and she's always been willing to help. You know, whoever whatever group is is positing a given theory. You know, as long as the work is there, and if they need something from them, you know, they're willing to to give that up and to help because they they want to see it end too. I think everybody wants. I think everybody can agree that we want to see this end. It's been too long. And, you know, we're at the point now where I think we're knocking on the door and it's it's going to be very, very soon. So we have, you know, to the point where we have some final, you know, definite answers, which is really exciting. If you go back that long, 1937 to when this happened, but then she obviously was flying prior to that. How mm -hmm. remarkable was that of for a woman 
just a woman mm-hmm. and then of that age to be able to go to flight school and to figure all this out? Well, I think for her to rise to the level of popularity that she did and the really, some would say, you know, unwittingness to maybe be the face of, avi- of women in aviation or maybe not, depending on who you talk to. She kind of walked a really interesting fine line. But I think there were a lot of other women at the time that were flying, uh, that were doing some of the same things. But she was, you know, she was special. She just looked at things differently than most people. And for her to for her to break out and not only fly, but to speak to be an editor at Cosmopolitan, to be attached to Purdue, to have her own luggage line, to endorse all these products, to write. She was a poet. You know, there was a lot of different aspects to her that I think it was just a a case of the right woman, the right face with the right publicity, certainly, hitting aviation at that time that just launched it into the stratosphere. And that's really why we're talking about her right now is this is a woman who is still America's sweetheart. 87 years after she disappeared. And it's it's a pretty compelling, you know, argument to look at when you look at, you know, really ask the question of why is she so relevant now? It's it's very uh, it's very compelling to kind of look at it from that angle. He's Chris Williamson, Chasing uh, Earhart is a podcast out there for you. Rabbit Hole, also a book, The Vanishing of Amelia Earhart and that other guy. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm yeah. always fascinated by people that, push the limits like Richard Branson. It's okay. I, yeah, you've sure. already done this. So now why are you doing this with Susie? They can't Morgan? stop. And I can't, yeah. I can't understand the mindset. So to get yeah. behind hers, was there a diary or anything you were able to culminate some well, information from? Well, she wrote quite a lot. She was she's a very prolific writer. So we do have and a lot of various museums and, and groups that are associated with Earhart and some point in her life have a lot of her writing. Uh, so, but I can tell you that, you know, this was a there was always rumblings that she wasn't a good pilot. I respectfully disagree. I think anybody in our project, we've had over 200 people in our project, you know, organizations from all over the world that would all tell you that she was a very good pilot. And to do some of the things that she did at the time she did it, um, with not, you know, the guarantees that she didn't have, that took a lot of, a lot of guts. And she uh, really wanted at the end to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that she was one of the best pilots ever. That's why she took the equatorial route. The world, the world flight, you know, wasn't the first world flight, but she wanted to do it at, in the, the longest route. And that was equatorially. So she wanted to really leave no doubt. She had talked to her husband She'd even said it in some media at the time. This was really her last long-distance stunt flight. Her goal was really to uh, nurture that relationship that she had with Purdue. She had just started that relationship about a year and a half prior. They financed her Lockheed Electra, the original one, when she went before she ground-looped the plane. So she had a really good relationship with them. They were tinkering with a lab. They were putting engines together for people to learn, uh, you know, the mechanics and the engineering and stuff. So... But, you know, she wanted to put a, an exclamation point on her flight career and then go into the back half of her career, her career. So I think maybe it was just too tempting. I think she'd heard the voices, the words, the rumblings, and she was just like, I want to end this. I want to put – I want there to be no doubt. And that's – and she died trying, which I think is tragic but also very admirable. So – take it, some people would say. Uh our interest, again, continues to increase, and lucky for you because you're somewhat of an expert yeah. on the subject – uh, and it was it was yeah. 1937. Why do you, I mean there were a lot of terrible things that happened and 
you know, the Hindenburg yeah. and the stuff in yeah. the Berlin. Why is this the one that we just can't get enough of? Well, well how much time do we have? That's a, uh, till that's three. A very... About one minute, actually. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, look, it's, it's, she's the, one of the biggest icons uh, in U.S. history. There is so much stuff going on. The idea of there being a spy mission, I'm sure you guys have heard that. Right. The idea that she was a spy, that she was participating in something larger than what the public-facing idea was, that there was something going down, that Roosevelt was tied to it, that Eleanor was tied to it. That there's a lot of, there are, we really, Tony said it best, and I'll, I'll sort of paraphrase what he says, but initially he thought there was, we maybe had about 20% of what we needed to solve this case. But when he digs into it, and that's why I named the book Rabbit Holes, when you dig into it, the very definition is as you dig in, the questions get more prominent and just more questions yeah. arise. And that's what this is. We've only got about maybe five, four or five percent of the information out there as we stand right now to solve this. After 87 years, that's remarkable. On and it goes. Two, yeah, on and on it goes. Round and round we go. Absolutely. I hope you have enough paper. Chris Williamson, <laughs> Chasing Earhart. Obviously, you can get that anywhere you get your podcasts and Rabbit Hole, the book. Available, too. Hey, thanks for making time for us. Oh, always. It's a pleasure. Right. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk soon when they prove what that is that they and, found. And who knew Tony Romo did all those things? KTRS St. Louis. Outside yet? It's very pretty. It's very pretty. I was gonna post a photo of Westport with all the snow on it. Yeah. And put, you know, my location as as Switzerland. Right. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? And then the next photo would be just kidding. Why didn't you do it? Well, I I, because I was talking to you. Oh, and you got to do know the show. I have know the show. Yes. Yes. Know the show. That's the main reason. All right, let us do it. Give away some stuffs. What All right, we, let's do the number first. Give stuffs? people the number. If you if you want to play Know the Show, we have great prizes today. We've got gift cards to Dewey's Pizza. Oh, yeah. 314-931-5877. That's the number to play the game. It's super easy. 314-931-5877. The answers are multiple choice, and you win pizza. What could C. be better? Pixie. Yeah, just pay uh, attention to the show, answer the questions, and you walk off with some chow. Sounds like a pretty good plan. Now, remember, too, this is just like the elevator. This is a phone contest. Don't text in. Don't send a carrier pigeon. No, we need you. We need you. And we've got some people now. And the phone lines are loaded. Yeah. Here we go. Go Line four. Here we go. Line four. Hey, Hello. how are you? Good. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good. I was kind of hoping work was going to be called off today because of the snow, but it didn't happen. It's pretty thick. Yeah. At least we get to talk to you. It's beautiful, though. Yeah? Are you going to get on it and make some snowballs? I, <laughs> I just got the mail. Yeah. What's your it. name? Dan. All right, Dan. Have you been listening this week? Uh, 
Oh, I, a little bit. Just say yes, Dan. Uh, say yes, you never miss it. Yes. Why do it again? Hey, Dan. You've been you listening like... this week? Yeah. Yeah? There you go. All right. Earlier in the week, we chatted with comedian Lewis Black, and we talked about his goodbye Yeller Brick Road Tour. He is performing in St. Louis next weekend. At what venue will he be performing? Is it A, the Checker Dome, B, the Esquire, or C, the Factory? Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. What were the choices again? Esquire, the Factory, and the... And Checker Dome? Let's see. How about the um, Factory? Dan, yeah, Dan. Danny Boy. For a minute, Dan. Congratulations. Made me nervous, Dan. It's either that or your house, but now, he's uh, going to be performing. <laughs> I Dan, thought that was pretty easy. Stand, stand by, okay, Dan? Stay on okay. hold. All right, okay, stay on good hold. job, Dan. Right. Let's go wow. to line eight. Hello, line eight. Hello? Have you ever been called line eight? All right, before? let's go to line seven. Hello. Hello. How are you? All right, here we go. Let's try again. Line six. Hi. Hello. How is it going? Hi, Colin for Know the Show. Hey, that's what we're doing, too. How strange. <laughs> what do you know? That's all I know, and it's out, I'm out here. Not out here, but it's snowing. Two well, little questions for you. Number one, will you turn the radio down? Number two, can you bring me a sandwich? I'm hungry. Well, And number three, what's your name? Oh, yeah. That's Hi, my, my name is Linda Burke. Hi, Linda Burke. Did you turn your radio down, Linda? Um, let's see. I'm sorry. It's on my phone. Well, it's all right. Just walk away from the radio. Another way to solve the problem. And you are on the air, Linda. Thank you so much for listening. We would love to play Know the Show with you. And Julie Buck has questions. Julie, go right ahead. All right. Yesterday, we discussed several topics with our friend Marshall Brain. One topic was Alzheimer's disease. We talked about a new study that suggests what could make you more likely to have the disease. If you A, sleep too much, B, jog too much, or C, pick your nose uh that's very strange um this whole show is well yeah then welcome to our world linda <laughs> what was the first one again if you sleep too much that's a b is if you jog too much and c is if you pick your nose oh i i think it was uh I think it would probably be uh, A, sleep too much. Oh, Linda, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Well, let's go back to the phones here and see if we have four. Can I show dial tone for you, though, as you go? So don't, don't feel bad. Who this? How's it going? Good. Really? You is this Dan? Sound, you this don't is Dan. Dan, yeah. That's Dan. Put oh, Dan, Dan back on hold. All right. Hi, Dan. All right. Hi, Dan. Here we go. Double or nothing, Dan? He had us. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's up, Julie? Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Hi, who's this? This is Steve. All right, Steve's got the radio down. He knows the drill. He wants to win a Dewey's gift card. Who doesn't on a snowy Friday in St. Louis? You ready to play? Yeah, let's do it. All right, yesterday we discussed several topics with our friend Marshall Brain. One topic was Alzheimer's disease. We talked about a new study that suggests what can make you more likely to get the disease. It's an A, sleeping too much. B, jogging too much, or C, picking your nose? Ah, uh, let's go with C, picking your nose. Yeah, Good right. job, Steve. Way to go. All right. All right. All right. 
That was a tough one because that is so obscure. I know. It's so weird. So, Steve, stay on hold. We've got Dan on hold and Steve on hold. Don't go anywhere, Dan and Steve. I'll come back to get your information in just one the second. The phones are lit up like it's Let's Christmas. Let's go to line three. Everybody loves Dewey's Pizza. You like Dewey's mm-hmm. Pizza? Hello? I love Dewey's Pizza. You do? We do, too. Who is this? This is Dolores. Hi, Dolores. You How played. You? you? played with us before, haven't you? No, I haven't. Remember talking to another Dolores? Well, it's, she's not the only one with that name. Well, I, yeah. I'm aware of that, but it, it always takes me back to that Seinfeld episode. But that's <laughs> not what we're doing right now. <laughs> that's what I'm famous for. Uh-huh. That and your cackle. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, All right. You. you ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Uh, the new dictionary.com added 327 new terms to dictionary.com, including the word bussin. What does bussin <laughs> mean? Does it mean A, great, wonderful, or amazing? Does it mean B, drive slow, it's snowing out there? Or C, a sudden feeling of sadness? Mm, C. Bussin. That's bussin. She said C. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dolores. Uh, that would be a big incorrect wow. mundo. It's mm. always C. Not always. Time, not that time. Let's go to line one. Hello, line you one. Thank are... you for being patient. Who's this? This is Steve. Another Steve. Is this another Steve or the same Steve? That's another Steve. Another Steve. How's it going today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Have you been listening to the show? Yes, I have. Oh, see? Good Steve. This Every is good Steve. minute. All right, here we go. Uh, there's a dictionary.com added 327 new terms, including the term bussin. 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 What does it mean? Does it mean A, great, wonderful, or amazing? B, drive slow, it's snowing out there. Or C, a sudden feeling of sadness. Or pick your nose. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm, I'm thinking... I hear it. Doop, doop, doop. Ding, Trying to ding. Google bussin'. What do you want to go with, mm. Steve? Come A, on. B, or C, Steve? I'm going to go with C. No, no. No. See, Carney has them all messed up. I know. I'm blaming Carney on You're this one. Let's, let's go to line seven. I'm running low on dial tones now. Ooh. If you could turn your radio down. Oh, hello. Hello. What's the stop? Oh, yeah. Alexa, stop. There you go. You know, I also listen to the Big 550 through my Alexa speaker. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Who's this? Dennis. All right, Dennis. I feel like we've never had a Dennis on the show. Lots of people are named Dennis. All right. Fine. And Dennis. <laughs> okay. So listen to this. Here's the question. You ready, Dennis? Yeah. All right. You <laughs> We're don't about sound to cry. <laughs> We're about to give you a Dewey's gift card. Listen up. <laughs> Sit up in your chair. Here we go. Okay. Dictionary, dictionary.com added 327 new terms, including the term bussin'. Bussin'. What does it mean? A, great, wonderful, or amazing. B, drive slow. It's snowing out there. Or C, a sudden feeling of sadness. Which it's still not. A. Yeah. That's yes, right. you got it. If you're bussin'. 
You're bussing. You got yourself. You're bussing. See, use it. I'm bussing. I'm going to Dewey's for free. Bussing. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve, hold on for a minute. I'll come back and get your info. That does it for Know the Show. Thanks to all of our winners today. If you want to stay on hold, I'll come back and get all your info. We did it. That was fun. We did it. We're bussing. Indeed. A word or two on retirement living. If I could, the Delmar Gardens family, which kind of got things going as far as uh, providing retirement and care for senior citizens, really kicked off about 1965 with Mr. and Mrs. G taking care of an elderly woman in University City. And that woman had several friends, and they were inquiring, so who are these people that come by and bring you groceries and do this for you and do that? And that's how it started. And they began to take care of more and more people and it became a business, but they never lost that sense of being a family and taking care of you like you're a member. So if you're in a position where you have a relative or friend that needs extra care, well, do it in style. Check out the villas and all the retirement communities that the Del Mar Gardens family has, and I believe you'll be wildly impressed. Find out more all online at delmargardens.com. For show, but we're stealing them. Sherpa, Joe Holloman joins us now. Hi, Jojo. What's up, Jonathan? How you be? Living the dream, pal. Are you or nightmare? Which one? It depends on the hour with him. That's who he asked. <laughs> Julie would say nightmare. You know, I'm that, go, that goes for all of us. I right? think, I mean, yeah, that, that's true. So a trivia uh, night tonight, you think it's still going to happen with the snow that we have coming down? Well, it is definitely going to happen for one very good reason. It's just too darn late to call it off. So, um, you know, we we schedule these things. Uh, This is the post-dispatch trivia night. Uh, This is our uh, seventh one in eight years throughout 2020. So uh, a seventh annual to raise money for 100 neediest cases. And, you know, we set this up, you rent the hall, I guess it's kind of like a wedding reception, so there's no walking out at it at this point. But, uh, I, you know, I think the thing is, it's kind of funny. I remember, uh, and I don't know why this happened, but I remember when I was in grade school, one to three inches may or may not have gotten your school canceled. Yeah. Now it shuts down the world. It really, it does, yes. <laughs> you know. We were tougher back then. No. Yeah. Like, you know what? I, Julie, I think you're right. Or it was just our parents were like, no, get your butt out of here. Yeah, they were you too know. busy drinking and smoking, I think. <laughs> yeah. We were cramping Boy, their that style. Good, right? <laughs> that, doesn't that sound good? For uh, as, but, as yeah, long so as I've like known you, you hey, Joe, for as long as I've known yeah. you, you've been doing these trivia nights um, and have written books about St. Louis and St. Louis trivia. So. You're in deep, and Max and I were talking about this. I don't think folks realize that trivia nights go in the same category as toasted ravioli, pork steaks, and gooey butter cake. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's kind of, I did a story some years ago uh, when I first started hosting them, uh, trying to trace the origin of that. And I believe the best we could do is it went back to, and I hope I get his name right, it was a person named Donovan Larson, who was involved in the Lindbergh School District and was a um, Jeopardy fan, as I am, and, and a lot of people who are into trivia. And, you know, the game Trivial Pursuit, when that came out in the 80s, was such a huge fad phenomenon um, and kind of came up with a way. Uh, they'd had Las Vegas nights and casino nights at the grade schools and you know, middle schools. Uh, and uh, it was the Kennerly School, I believe. Uh, he was on the board or some position and decided to come up with uh, how can we play Jeopardy, but do it because these casino nights, they're not, they raise money, but they don't. And it's the same thing every year and nobody really wants to work at it. And so he said, how about we do this? We'll make it easy. Everybody bring their own food. We'll supply pretzels, potato chips, and some soda. Which makes it low cost too. And then all the money can go to the charity. Absolutely, and, and just the, just all the hassles of getting a caterer and all those things, it was kind of like, let's just see how this works. People can bring the munchies they want to eat, and, and being a public school, they couldn't serve alcohol, so it was like if we people want to bring beer and wine, you know. So, yeah, like, like you said, Julie, it just became so much easier from an organizing point, and I think we were at the second one, maybe, and I wanna, I'm going to say mid to late 1980s. And had a great time, and then they took off and were everywhere. And then they kind of dipped down for a while. And uh, this is even before COVID. They kind of seemed to have run their course. And they're back up again because they're, you know, a good way to raise money. And if you are trivia-minded to any extent, uh, they're fun. And, it, you know, I'm the kind who watches Jeopardy. If, I, if I've got a TV available and I'm not doing anything, I will watch Jeopardy every day. I just like on like a loop? Trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love, even love to, and, and uh, I've even taken the test to be on Jeopardy, and uh, did not make it. Uh, but uh, bummer. But I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at well, all. Well, go back and uh, redo it. I think you could get a, another shot. It's like well, the yeah, ACT. I, mean, I guess you could. I'm not sure I've gotten any smarter though. So uh, as the yeah. years go on, we get more wisdom, Joe. That's what they say. I'm not so sure about that because sometimes I still do knuckleheaded stuff, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's one of those things. Maybe when I retire, I'll just be one of those people who tries to enter game shows. I don't know. But, so uh, hosting all of these things, it is so incredibly competitive with some. There's there's groups is. that, like, professionally, every weekend they go from trivia night to trivia night, where it's not really a social occasion. It's like trying to make a living uh, <laughs> doing trivia nights. So they're pretty... Tough sticklers for the rules, and some people try to get around those with different ways of cheating, you know, obviously cell phones, but have you ever seen anything very extravagant along that front? I have not. I have not. Now, the cell phone thing, and it's, you know, what you, what you hope is uh, that the the notion of shame still lives on in people, and that if you're cheating at an event to raise money for the hundred neediest cases, maybe you have bigger issues than just whether or not you know who the first mayor of St. <laughs> Louis was, you know, but, uh, 
you know, and, 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 and uh, God bless you and, 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 and hope you get help with that. So I've never seen anything big. The competitive, however, like tonight, we usually limit it to 50 tables. And any one I've been to out of 50, most of the folks are there. A solid half of them could care less what their score is. You know, they bring the dips and the chip and the wine and the beer, and they sit around with, you know, one couple sits with three other couples, and you know, and they have a grand time. Maybe they win an attendance prize, and it's kind of a fun way to kill off an evening where you would be sitting at home watching the tube or something like that. And then you have this other half, which they care about their score. So you've got this 25 that doesn't care, 25 that doesn't. And out of those 25 that care, uh, about five of them are serious about it, <laughs> you know, and two of those tables are extremely serious about it and will be the ones who constantly come up almost after every round and go on question number four, you said the answer was general uh-huh. Custer, but uh-huh. what if, you know, and so over the years I've tried to make it so that my questions have no room for debate. You know, yeah, that's a always... that's a smart way to play it, Joe. And you mentioned the 100 neediest cases and how the money goes to the 100 neediest cases. I think that that's kind of a big highlight of what's going on here. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is you go there and, and you know, th- these things were done as fundraisers. That's how they came up. And when we decided to do it, the Post-Dispatch has been doing 100 neediest cases for decades upon decades. And it's a good cause. And it, it's, you know, it's just flat out. People read the stories in the paper and, and what we, the, the people, the volunteers who we give a free table to, uh, the 100 Neediest Cases group, they'll be there tonight. And they're all just, as you would imagine, wonderfully nice, kind human beings uh, who do reasonably well and they never argue about it. Uh, but, you know, this what they do is they try to look for the 100 Neediest Cases picked out of hundreds, maybe even a thousand or so that are sent from various social service agencies to the post dispatch. They say, here's things that we need. And so, you know, what we do, I mean, we're not getting, you know, a a whole bunch of medical assistance, but are kids getting presents on Christmas that they would normally not get, you know, are are they getting a bicycle that they never had a chance to have? Are they getting new clothes to wear to school? Yes, they are. And and so that's that's what makes it worthwhile. And that's what makes it fun to do and for 48 or 49 of the 50 tables at the end of the night they keep that in mind and i you know and i don't and i don't mean to say competitive i am competitive when i go to a trivia contest i try to win it you know i mean i figure if you're going to play a game you might as well play to win it now when you don't be a good sport and congratulate the winner but uh, unless you're at the casino yeah, yeah, yeah. The casino, I want to break, though. Yeah, you don't say to the <laughs> dealer, hey, good job. Well, that's not for a charity, my man. I don't consider casinos a charity, though sometimes I've treated them like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've, tried to, I've tried to write it off on the taxes. They say Can't no. Can't do that. I don't know. Mm. Are, there, are there tickets left? <laughs> there are not. Uh, well, there might be later if you go out there with there's if if people don't show up. But, I bet. Uh, oh yeah, we, we we close the we close the gate on it. We seem to have you know when we put it up the first year we were so worried about it when we did it back in 2017, and we thought well wonder what if nobody shows that kind of thing and we had tickets available up until oh about a day before even I think they were still available. And then it went well enough that the second year and since then we haven't had a problem. So usually about 
the Friday before the Friday we're going to have it one week in advance. We usually the people who wanted to make sure their schedules would hold uh, go ahead and apply. So at, at the time we are officially sold out. We've got their money, so I hope they show up tonight. <laughs> and I remember in the past when you do them, you'd incorporate other reporters, like you'd have, uh, you know, Bill McClellan uh, do yep. some questions and, and Dan Martin come in. So I think that's a real cool aspect of it as well. So I did not mention the wares. Moolah Shrine Center on Fifi Road out here in Maryland Heights. Tix, T-I-X, to party, T-O, TixToParty.com. And I would think if you check there or call the Moolah Shrine Center, see if there were any cancellations and maybe you can finagle your way in. Yeah, I have not heard anything. I was kind of uh, the organizers. We talked by email this morning, and it was everything was a go uh, with the folks in our marketing and promotions department who sort of run the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, to, to steal a John Carney line, I'm pretty much just the eye candy for this event. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. Well, do me a favor and just shoot me a text or something if you find out that there are some seats available, and I'll pass that along. As soon as I get off with you guys, I will do that, I promise. All right, have fun tonight, buddy. Yeah, great job. Thanks for being on the show today. Julie, John, you have a great day, and be careful. All right, pal. And, you know, I, I didn't say this, Steve. I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but uh, I am uh, not a fan of Trivia Nights. It's like playing Trivial Pursuits. I avoid those, too, because it just reminds me, you're an idiot. I remember playing Trivial Pursuit with my with my my dad, my father in law, my husband, a bunch of people in the family, my grandmother, and I thought, Oh, I'm gonna you get a partner for the game, I'm gonna pick my dad. My dad, of course, you know, he's the king, he knows everything. Well turns out not so much. <laughs> I was so disappointed and I was like twenty something I was like, Dad I was like, I thought we were gonna kill it. I thought you'd know more than anyone. You're my hero. And then didn't I can't name well. the cast of friends. I'm sorry. Yeah, he couldn't. No. Uh-uh. Uh, Carney Show continues, and uh, Max is sitting on a giveaway, so you might want to tune in about that. And it's going to get you a movie or something. And speaking of movies, Tom O'Keefe's going to talk about one or two or three or four or five. But we got a break first. Just to stay up on things. If you're out and about, be careful. Absolutely slippery, as you know. Back in a moment with Mark Carney Show. One forty-two. On we go. One more Carney Show before you go sledding. It's Friday. Chris Hansen's going to join us, uh, and already thinking about warm weather. With warm weather comes festivals and such. We got a bunch of them. Uh, and one that grows by leaps and bounds every year is music at the intersection. Down at Grand Center, that'll be in September. It is the creation of Chris Hansen. Uh, and we're telling you about it now for two reasons. Tickets have just gone on sale and uh, the lineup has been released. And it's pretty fantastic. Uh, all right, movies for the rest of the hour. And Tom O'Keefe's here from Real Spoilers. And uh, that, if you didn't know, is a free downloadable podcast on the interwebs that you guys like to go to. 
and uh, he's here now. Thanks for making the effort and bringing your dog sled out to uh, Westport. I am nothing if not committed. Isn't that true? Should I think be. it is. Yeah. yeah. Should be. <laughs> Where were you last week? Committed. I had other things to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was committed to things that nice, I valued Julie. more. Thank you. That, uh-huh. That's all. Yeah. It was Game, set, match, buck. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So have you uh, gone to see anything? Or I have. I saw time? Madam Web, the latest in the series of Spider-Man adjacent movies. Spider-Man adjacent So Sony owns the right, the film rights to Spider-Man, okay? And Sony has uh, has basically farmed those rights back to Marvel, which is why you get the Spider-Man character in the Marvel movies, because Marvel doesn't technically own the film rights. And so... Um, Jimmy's on a train leaving uh, Chicago. Yeah, it's very cool. convoluted. So, but they own the rights to all these ancillary characters that enter Spider-Man: Venom, Carnage, Morbius, uh, Craven the Hunter, and so Something they're trying. They're McGraw. trying to make all these. They're trying to make all these movies with Spider-Man characters, but not actually use Spider-Man. Funny mm. thing about this. Uh, Matt Smith, who was on Doctor Who with Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Gillan is in the Guardians Marvel movies. You guys have seen those. You kind of like them. It's got the, the raccoon. Uh, he ran into her and said, you know, they were offering me a Marvel movie. And she's like, oh, you should do it. So he signs on for Morbius. And then finds out it's not a real Marvel movie. Dakota Johnson is in a hotel room, runs into uh, Lizzie Olsen, who is Scarlet Witch, and goes, you know, they offered me a Marvel movie. She's like, you should do it. And now she's in this. And she fired her management team. Just like... She did fire. Yeah. Just like John and Julie are very confused right now, these actors don't know what they're signing on to. No, yeah. that totally cleared it up. Yeah. yeah. it's uh, So these movies historically have not been good. The Venom ones have been successful, but not good. And it's interesting that we live in an age where completed films get deleted, completely scrapped for a tax write-off. Batgirl was completed. They got rid of it. The, the Roadrunner movie that they completed – John Cena starred completely yeah, scrapped I don't get that. for the tax write-off, which means this movie has absolutely no reason to exist. It has to be more valuable. <laughs> like my first gone. video. Yeah. He's on the board. <laughs> like, this thing is bad. I mean, it's bad. It wouldn't be something I'd go to see uh, anyway. But no, he hated it. But like, and you want to, okay. This well, is I'm the sort make of thing. Some popcorn. This is the sort of thing I would go to see. And it's bad. So Madam Web is uh, a Spider-Man character, and her powers are she can see into the immediate future so she can make a better decision. And at some in, point she can like film be, projects. She can be in two places at once, neither of them a good movie. <laughs> That's funny. And so the bulk of this movie, like large swaths of this movie, are her using her power to see what might transpire and then studiously avoiding an action scene. Like, <laughs> like why, why would you do this in a film? Like, like oh, if I do this, something dangerous should happen. I, I, I better not do that. Yeah. Well, that's great for her, but it's not so good for us for the watching a movie. She'd see the future, but she lost the keys to her car somehow. Yeah. Oh my! And this movie, they pay no attention to their own story writing. Like early in the in the film, she's kind of figuring out 
she can see the future and can she change the future? And like she, what kind of connects the dots for her is she's watching uh, an old version of A Christmas Carol on TV. Yet throughout the rest of the movie, there is not one Christmas decoration. And it takes place in New York City. Like there's no like it's clearly set. Was at Christmas it a low time. budget? I don't know what it is. It's just no Nakatomi Plaza. Nothing. But that's L.A. though. Oh yeah. What do do? <laughs> so it's just it's just a dumb, boring movie that should not exist. Six stars. I was gonna say how many Webs. how many yeah how many Spideys would you give this movie? <laughs> one being the worst, five being the best. I would give it one. This is Ooh, this is the lowest I think I've ever. ever. It is yeah. bad. It is and it's like I said, there is no reason for this movie to exist. It is and like you can see oh, Dakota gets, like, Wilson's just... will to live <laughs> diminishing. Oh, what did I say? Wilson. Oh, sorry, Dakota Johnson's will to live diminishing in every scene. Like it's. Her energy level is so low in this movie, and then the other actors meet her where she's at. Everything, every performance in this movie is so flat. I've never seen anything like it. It's like they filmed a rehearsal. Oh, my gosh. I feel like when, because I saw this too, when, uh, so Adam Scott is in this. Yeah. He's playing Ben Parker. Right. And uh, who will be an uncle one day. But he... uh, I think that you can see when you're watching the movie his realization of what he signed on to. Right. I think during yeah. the film, yeah. he was like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't a real Marvel film. I, I read, read one review where the, the author was like, it's a fun game to try and figure out what, when, they decided what, the when, when scenes were filmed by how dejected the <laughs> cast is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's it's, it's just, almost worth seeing because it's that bad. I mean, and there's just little That's attention. That's what I was thinking. There's yeah. little things that they just, like, there's a scene where she steals a cab, right? And she's like, oh, I need to disguise the fact that I stole the cab. So she takes the license plates off the cab. But on top of the cab, the sign that lights up has the license plate number. <laughs> and she drives around for the rest of the movie with it. She oh. steals two vehicles, and yeah. I didn't expect that. Yes. Madam Webb steals a lot of cars. I I, uh, I will jump in really quick. Don't Tom, try it at home, kids. To just let you know that I would probably also, I don't use a star rating, but I would rate it one star as well. However, I would watch it again right now. <laughs> I had the best time. Just to make fun of it? It is, there are some scenes with the ADR, the additional dialogue yeah. that was recorded, that are kind of like the room with Tommy Wiseau. The, the, the villain sounds like he's entirely dubbed. When the villain says to his partner in crime, I'm paying you a fortune, and then it cuts to something else, I laughed out loud. Yeah. It is the weirdest. He LOL'd. It is the weirdest put together major motion picture that Did I've seen. Did anybody see the Bob Marley movie? No, but I will say that trailer looks like a parody of biopics. It looks bad. Yeah. I've heard bad yeah. things about it. Oh. But no, Madam Web, if you are in for a good time, but not a good movie, I recommend it. <laughs> uh, yeah, take, I, take Tom with you. Too. Yeah, Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson, I and Adam Scott. Oh my lord! I think they all realized during production what have we gotten ourselves. There's into. a scene where they go out in the woods. The girls, the that she like is taking over and. And then they're like, they're in the woods. They're completely unprepared for it. And they're complaining about how she's leaving them in the woods and they're completely unprepared. They come back. They have a campfire going. <laughs> what? Well, Where did they get a campfire? And then, hang on, it gets worse. And then when the scene's over, they're like, let's let's go find 
the road and get out of here. They just walk away from a lit campfire. And it's no attention to detail. No. Oh, the the best is she she grabs these three girls who she wants to protect. This is the whole movie. She has a, no no no. She, she has a vision yeah, yeah. that they're they're, they're going to die. <laughs> so she brings them to the woods, yeah. right, and says, "Wait here. I'll be back in three hours." And what's great about that is that's an oddly specific time to say that you're going to be back in three hours. And she just goes to her house. They could have gone with her. There's no reason to leave them there. So that kind yeah. of stuff, I love. I love. Yeah. I love. Heidi and Josh next. <laughs> well, but there's okay. a continuity problem. Is, yeah, is what it sounds like. Yeah, like there's just a no attention. They so there's a scene where they start playing crazy <laughs> or toxic. So they start playing toxic by Britney Spears on the radio, and the DJ on the radio yeah, says, this, 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 "This song's gonna be a huge hit." Right. And then in the very next scene, <laughs> they show the three girls, and they're like, "Oh my god, I love this song. I know all the words." And they're dancing. And it's I was like, like did you, "But I thought did you it, hear it. I thought it just came out. You uh, told me it just because the movie's set in 2003." And I was like, "But you told me it just <laughs> came out. How do you know the words to the?" I loved it. Song? I loved it. It's, so I had such a good time. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. We're, Madam Web. Is Madam Web. So I know they make these things hoping for the world to clamor to them and they can spin it off into this and this sure. and this. It doesn't sound like this one's going anywhere. So I will say this. I thought Venom was awful and it made like $500 million. So you never know. But my gut tells me that this is dead on arrival. I'm going to ask this question and I don't even know if I'm really even interested. Um <laughs> Spiderweb. Peter Parker got bit by spider, hence the power. Right. Bill Bixby dropped a vial of something and turns green Gamma and gets angry. Gamma rays. So how did, uh, how how did, did Madam Webb become Madam Webb? Oh, so man, she was born in a cave. Her mother <laughs> was bitten by a spider and gave birth to her in a cave. In a Peruvian cave. In a per- and then a Peruvian <laughs> spider clan. A clan. Oh, is that a band name? Birth. Peruvian Spider Clan. Acted as a midwife. Yes. And then, so now she has yes, spider powers. And they said, you'll that, come back one day. That she didn't <laughs> learn about until she was 30. But okay. she does. And he's like, hey, good to see you. Remember when she finds the picture of her mother? And the picture like is clearly yesterday. taken the day she died because they're wearing the same right. clothes. Yet, on the back of the picture, she had handwritten. Right. When it was taken, <laughs> and, and who, who was it? in it? Yeah. Julie, should I pull the fire alarm? <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't even know. So, big screen or stream screen? It's on the big screen oh, yeah. for oh, at least three more days. Single file, no oh, push. I, yeah. Again, I recommend it. I think Carney, I, that's you something you'd want to watch at home if it's I'm a, bad. I'm all no, in. no, it's no but, you get, I had a great time at the theater. Okay. It's inexplicable. Will yeah. there be uh will there be a, an equally entertaining evisceration of this on oh, yeah. spoilers? Yes, you Fantastic. we will eviscerate it beat by beat. Max, you're going to be tackling this. Max on movies tomorrow. Oh yeah, and uh, I I go so far into the spider weeds here, but <laughs> as you just got a preview there, the more you get into just small things in the movie that make no sense, like Julie said it's a continuity issue, but really it's just it's just a, a WTF issue. Yeah. It's like there's just it makes no sense. Like WTH. Everywhere, everywhere yes. you turn, <laughs> everywhere you turn, Roman soldiers are wearing watches. Basically, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Right? 
All right, one fifty-five. Let's uh, break. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Thanks, what's, Tom. Hey, what's out at your uh, arena? Oh, yeah, there? that's uh, tonight. We have Mizzou to the Lou Gymnastics. If oh, you want to brave yeah, the weather, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, almost sold out. So there's a handful of tickets left if you want to check it out. And then uh, we just announced Roots and Boots with Aaron Tippin, Sammy Kershaw, and Colin Ray. That's in no- November. If you want to check it out, yeah. Cool. What is it? Toots and boots? Roots and boots. Roots and boots. Toots and boots would be improve your ventilation. Right. Oh, well, that's true. (laughs) Colin Ray or Colin Hay? Colin Ray. Okay. Colin Ray, really nice guy, too. Um, And a good country artist. Yeah. 156. We probably ought to sell something before we hit the news at the top of the hour. Uh, Chris Hansen in the next hour uh, from the Kranzberg Arts Foundation, not the one I have a seat over there. The other one. Uh, back in just a second. Hang on. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, on Valentine's Day, we lucked out, went down to Main Street in St. Charles, and uh, went to Jalal. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Jalal. I got to ask uh, George. It's safe to say it's the only Peruvian restaurant on Main Street in St. Charles, but... It's the second time we've been there, and it is just amazing. And I can't tell you what I had. I'm not even sure what was in it, but it was fantastic. So one thing to do when you're out there, and it's probably easier to drive on cobblestones when there's snow. Likely. I mean, it, it looks really What pretty. could possibly go wrong? It looks pretty, but I'm, I don't, cobblestones, I bounce too much. But the snow kind of levels it out like a street. So now's now's a good time to be driving there if you got to go somewhere. Anyway, other places to go for sure. I can't list them all. I can only point you a direction where you can go see something at the convention center. Uh, the Working Woman Survival Show out there and uh, the Wendifer Show headed out there for that. And as Tom O'Keefe mentioned, the Gymnastics Tonight Family Arena in St. Charles. I'm sensing a trend. A lot is happening. Check out the website to find out something you might want to check out. And that is at discoverstcharles.com. Someone saying on the Michael's Baths text line, the movie sounds like a fun Easter egg hunt. And yeah, I'm, it kind of does, actually. Easter egg hunt? Yeah, like, you know, where you go and you look for those little gems and those little funny mess them up kind of times in the movie by the time the title character stole her second vehicle i thought i did not expect this (laughs) (laughs) oh i think we ought to have a carney show showing of this film yeah i'll watch it again right now Pretty, but I'm uh, I'm over it. I mean, we get it was 54 yesterday, Jules, 57, something like it was that. Gorgeous this week. Craziness. Uh, Max Foise, Julie Buck here, and we'll hang out with you another hour if you'll do the same. Mm-hmm. We would appreciate it. And uh, look ahead to warmer times, fun times, summertime festivals. I'm looking for the the button for my seat heater. Do we have one of those? 
In radio? In the studio? Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I know. I never. Oh, man, that would be nice. I'm driving a car that for the first time I have the feature of a heated steering wheel. And I initially thought, this is dumb. There are times I'm cold in my house, and I go outside and just sit in my car and hold the steering wheel. Isn't it so comforting it's and amazing. wonderful? Oh, oh, it's amazing. I may go now. Hashtag I'm worth it. Frozen solid. Um, so festival time coming up when the weather warms up, and one of that that just continues to gain momentum like crazy. I mean, it's only four years old, and it's already becoming like an institution uh, you heard Chris Hansen on the program talking about um, music at the intersection with uh, Josh and Heidi. But, yeah, it's okay. I mean, we could be seconds. I don't mind. I'm a good sport. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, Chris? Oh, it's good to be with you, John. It's always good to, no, it's always good to be with you. It's great to see you at the station the other day. Yeah, hope good. you went and listened to the Black Pumas. I haven't done that yet. I I wouldn't hear him over my teenagers, honestly. <laughs> so I get a moment alone, I'll take it in. Careful what you ask for. You're a music fan. You're a musician. You start this festival. I cannot imagine what traffic control is like with schedules and riders and equipment and 100 artists plus. Oh, it's it's an amazing feat. It takes hundreds and hundreds of people to get it done. But, you know, we got some of the best in the business here in St. Louis, and we rely on our St. Louis best in the industry here to lift up these stages and elevate our artists. And then we put hundreds of our St. Louis musicians on stages right next to all of the world's greatest A-list artists. So it really puts St. Louis on a world stage and shows that, you know, we're we're a one-of-a-kind, world-class music city. We got the best fans. We got the best industry. We got the best artists. So this is a real celebration of us uh, on September 14th and 15th, a uh, second weekend in September every year. I was stunned to see that Chaka Khan's going to be here. Chaka like, Khan? Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan? I mean, I that is a song that is just such a jam, and I could listen to it on, on a loop. Well, I mean, you know, Shaka's got so many big hits from her Shaka. time with Rufus to her solo career. I mean, dozens and dozens, you know, 10-time Grammy Award winner. It's her 50th anniversary in 24, and she got her flowers by being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. So Shaka's headlining our Sunday ticket. Um, next to her on Sunday, you got Trombone Shorty, you know, bringing that New Orleans sound up to St. Louis. You got the best jazz lineup, you know, from – Samara Joy, Esperanza Spalding, living legend Stanley Clark, um, and then Ugh. just so many great St. Louis. And so the jazz ticket's great, the blues ticket's great. And then on Saturday, you know, we're bringing the sound of where our St. Louis imprint on the American Songbook is informed modern-day music from the 90s to current. So big, heavy hip-hop track with Big Boy and Chingy and Jordan Ward, and then the hottest contemporary psychedelic soul band, on tour around the globe today is the Black Pumas. They're selling out shows all over the world, just doing amazing things with this new record, and they're headlining our Saturday slot. So something for everybody. It's a generational event. Grandparents are bringing their grandkids. Family-friendly. Tickets are on sale right now. Kids are free. Uh, no excuse not to show up on the second weekend live. in September. So, yeah. 
You sound like a, like a, one of those wrestling guys when they're getting in. You got to call him. There's going to be Chaka Khan. There's going to be Chiggy. You got to be out there come in on, September. Come on, man. You got to, I mean, come on. I mean, we got to sell the ticket, right? And we got to make sure people come out. You know, you can, you're, you, you, you could be unscripted. I, I've got to make sure people know what's going on and we talk about the right things. But yeah, we're excited about the lineup, man. Are tickets cool. on sale now? Sorry. Tickets are on sale right now. Music at the intersection.org, Metro Ticks. You can get your tickets right now. Our pre-sales have, have been incredible. Um, so, yeah, and uh, I'll take whatever approach I need to take to make sure St. Louis knows uh, that this great festival is for them and by them. And it works every year. It gets bigger and bigger. So you're obviously doing lots of some things right. And the hip-hop lineup with Chingy coming, and uh, I heard Tony Babiano's part of the uh, hip-hop tribute. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. He, I'm sure if Tony wants to do a hip hop tribute, he could. I mean, I'm not. I'm not putting anything past him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just. Oh my I, gosh. I just. This to, is why I get all my right. words in first before yes. John goes on a pageant. I would. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you got against Tony Viviano? Oh yeah, here you I go. I love Tony. Yeah. Come on, and Robert Randolph. And if you haven't seen him, basically Jimi Hendrix. If Jimi Hendrix played one of those lap guitars, I mean. He's amazing. Amazing. Are you going to take your boys to this, Carney? I feel like you should. Yeah, absolutely. How many stages are there going to be? You got four stages, 50 acts across the weekend. We're doing a special kickoff celebration on Friday night, which we'll announce later in partnership with City SC. That'll be really geared towards our college-aged audiences. And then we're bringing a new format on Sunday with a we're opening the gates with a gospel brunch. You come into food truck court, eat uh, some great brunch food, and listen to St. Louis's great gospel artists for the first couple hours of the day. Where's the gospel brunch? That's at our food truck court. So we've got a stage adjacent to food truck court. Um, so you come early, you know, mimosas, chicken, waffles, biscuits and gravy, and then sit down and enjoy great gospel. Uh, that's what's going to kick off uh, the day. We're doing that in partnership with the Gospel Music Hall of Fame and Museum. Are we bringing our own chairs to this? Yeah, you should definitely, you know, this is a festival. Bring your Good own place. chairs. Uh, certain VIP packages do come with seating. Uh, but, yeah, bring your own chairs. We do have seating in the big top uh, for some uh, in the bleachers. But, yeah, this is block party style, field style. So bring your chairs. There's an FAQ on the website tell you all the things you can and cannot bring to the festival. Speaking of Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Whatever happened to Rufus? Is he still around? Um, I, I, I know the band's no longer. Um, so, you know, Mashaka's been out on her own for quite a long time. So I, I don't know what Rufus is doing right now. I didn't know if Rufus was a guy or what, but that feel for you was Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. And then Ru- it flipped. Rufus disappeared. Okay, so I, I'd like to know from day one of when you're booking 50 different acts, just the logistics of 100. this alone, how do, yeah. you, how, do you, how do you even start this process, and how many people do you have on your team? Yeah, well, we have a great, uh, a great listening process and input process. We have a programming committee that's comprised of our region's great artists and, and industry leaders, talent buyers from different venues in our neighborhood. Uh, so we're well-informed. We're actively listening the whole time. And then once we, you know, get our inputs, you know, we get it on the board, and it's a very delicate balance to curate the stages and, you know, put the flow together. 
um, make sure, you know, the availability of the artists, the rates, and, and then, you know, we have a very unique lens, right? We're not just here to sell tickets by putting all the mainstream acts um, that all the other festivals are throwing up. You know, we've got to celebrate St. Louis. We've got to tell the story of our imprint on the American Songbook. So our curatorial and programmatic process looks a lot different, but it's punching really high. It's getting a lot of national and international attention. Um, it's programmed in a very tasty way to make sure that our story's told, but the best of the best are there. So it's a delicate process. It takes many, like I said, I mean, there's hundreds of workers that make this possible. I bet. Um, and, you know, it's it's no easy feat to get it across the finish line. And, and every every artist needs to be taken care of in a very special way that makes them feel honored. Uh, so there's no um, there's no one way to do it. You know, you got to meet them where they are and make sure that they see themselves there and really want to be there and support them to make sure their shows come off without a hitch. Music at the intersection tickets on sale now. One, two VIP packages. Get a ticket for the entire weekend. Metro Ticks has them, or go to their site at musicattheintersection.org. The man behind it, Chris Hansen, joining us. I'm sure we'll talk again when more comes out and when we get closer to the event. Oh, I hope so. And thanks so much for spreading the good word. We appreciate you very much. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for bringing great talent into town, including one of my favorites. And maybe you don't know him because he's a bass player, but Stanley Clark. Check this out. Stanley's always had great players with him, and he's one of these artists that I I was so blessed and fortunate to stumble into a performance. I mean, not stumbling because I was whooping it up. Stumbling in, I didn't even know this was going on. I was walking around. This is when I lived at the Chase, and I was just kind of bumming around the lobby and walking around, stuck my head in the Corsan room, and apparently he was going to be playing a show there that night. And I sat there and watched him do a sound check and play a couple songs with the band. And I was absolutely mesmerized. Amazing player. So don't miss out on him. Just tell me about the good things. Michael's Baths, for example. For example. Locally owned company, 30 years of experience. Standing behind their work, BBB loves them. Maintenance-free, baths, showers, you know, it goes on and on and on. Assembled by pros, five-star service, financing options are available. They can do it quickly, and when they get it done, they clean up after themselves, and you don't even know they were there, except you got a beautiful new shower or a new tub. 
you know, I've had contractors come in and do stuff, and it took like a week to clean up after them. Yeah, and if they don't clean up after themselves, it's kind of like, well, great. Now I, I redid this, mess. and now I need to recarpet the entire house. Yeah. It's not fun. I paid for a mess. Thanks for everything. Yeah, not going to happen with Michaels. Michaelsbaths.com is the website. Read some testimonials. See what they do. Check out some of the options. You might want to go with one of those tubs with the jets that soothe you or a walk-in tub. Lots of options, and they could be yours with a phone call. 636-775-0800 or, again, online, michaelsbaths.com. Big crescendo. Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton appeared on Jimmy Kimmel uh, Live on Valentine's Day, and they uh, showed off a gorgeous ring that um, looked like so it was straight out of Genovese. Are already married? Yeah, but it was. But you can always go upgrade the, the ring. You should know. You did that. Her yeah. weekend ring. Remember but that? Have they only been married like a hot minute? Several years. I mean, she showed off this huge new emerald diamond ring that he got her. Like I guess emerald cut diamond ring. And they got up and sang lovingly and looked into each other's eyes. What happened to Gavin Rossdale? Uh, His diamond ring doesn't shine for him I mean, they have kids together, so I'm sure they still have some sort of relationship. I'm wondering if if No Doubt will cancel their appearance at Coachella. They announced No Doubt was reuniting. They haven't played a show in like 20 years. People were flipping out about it. There was going to be a tour. And nobody has bought tickets for Coachella. And so I wonder if they'll just see No Doubt specifically? anybody. Oh you know, really? Lana Del Rey is there. It's Why? the lowest sell. It's the lowest selling uh, year at Coachella ever. So, I think that they might quietly pull out of that. So Lindsay Lohan will be out there by herself. Oh. Lindsay Lohan is going to perform at Coachella. No, 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 she always goes. Oh, she goes. I okay. mean, twenty years ago she did. She's but now she's married now. and yeah. has a baby, and right. she's trying to keep it you together. Can't go out when you get kids? No, you can't. You, no, you, you have. You them didn't too. get the memo? No. No, I that must be. Bad, yeah, no. I would imagine. Kanye West, West likes his wife, Bianca, to be virtually naked when he takes her out in public. But of all people, <laughs> Kim Kardashian doesn't want her children to be around it. Kim has instructed Kanye to never, ever, ever. have Bianca, Bianca dress like that again around her kids. I mean, the pictures are pretty revealing, we will say. She may have a point. Their 10-year-old daughter, North, actually drew a picture of the cover of Vultures 1, Kanye's new album um and it featured a scantily clad stepmom if i were kim kardashian and it's kind of a stretch if i were kim kardashian (laughs) i'd be more worried about my kids hanging out with kanye than bianca well there you have it i don't know uh jennifer lopez you would think would not be insecure about her relationship with ben affleck but yesterday on the today show she admitted that she gets jealous if somebody hits on her man. And well, she then, says, don't play with me. How strange, because Ben Affleck is going to be either directing or producing a movie. I think it's called Animals. And the female lead right now in negotiations to, to take the part, Jennifer Garner. Wrong Jennifer. No, the right Jennifer. Wow. How is J-Lo going to feel if he's working with the mother of his children? Oh, she's just Jenny on the block. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. The weekend is 34. Jerome Bettis, the bus. Remember him? He's 52. Oh, yeah. He's bussing Andy Taylor. Not the one from Enterprise, but the one from Duran Duran. Duran Duran is 63. 
I just didn't want you to get it confused. Scary, I know that. Uh, 56 years ago, Aretha Franklin Day was declared in Detroit. So that's kind of a a cool little thing. Finally getting a little respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Today is National Caregivers Day. So give your caregiver a hug or a Starbucks gift card. And Sunday night, we finally get the 22nd. So amazing. 22nd. 22nd. Season premiere of... Survivor, Bachelor. Keep going. Uh, Very close. Housewives of Poughkeepsie. No, American Idol. Oh. But this might be Katie Carey's... Katie Perry. Yeah, I'm rubbing off on you. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. It's been a long week. Katy Perry's last season on the show. But I do love her with Lionel Richie. I will say that. And Luke Bryan. So I'm going to be watching that on Sunday. That's what I've got from Hollywood. That's a lot. Now let's go to the homemade jokes fresh out the oven with John Carney. Hey, before we do, I got a trivia question for you. What trivia night is not taking place this evening? Oh, is it one that we promoted? Yes, I just got a note from uh, Joe Holloman, and they just alerted him that they're not going to be doing that trivia night tonight, which means, since it was sold out, it's going to be another date, and there'll probably be some tickets available when they do it. Okay? Does that help? Yes. All right, let's see. A man charged this week after police said he flashed a gun at a Schnooks employee. He told him he had too many items for the self-checkout lane. <laughs> man was trying to check out Tuesday when an employee approached him about the item limit. The lane was for people who had 10 items. He had more than that. He then lifted his shirt and showed the employee a handgun in his waistband, according to court documents. So I guess that's 11 things, unless you're counting the bullets individually, then that would be like 17. Mm, scary. Beatles legend Paul McCartney finally reunited with his original Hofner bass. I didn't know it was missing, but it's been missing for 50 years. He said he's incredibly grateful to those involved in retrieving it. The whereabouts remain a mystery since it disappeared in 1972, but it was recently learned that George Santos has been playing it. (laughs) I can't let it go. I can't. Let it go. I can't. Prince Harry raced headfirst on a tiny skeleton sled going 61 miles an hour down a track. He's a risk taker. On the side of next year's Invictus Games. You know that skeleton, like going down a toboggan sled with no toboggan. No, thank you. Where you're the toboggan. Um, Saying with a smile afterward, everyone should try it. Invictus game scheduled to take place February 8th to the 16th of 2025. And will, for the first time, feature winter sports. Initially, he was going to ride a horse, but his dad said that would be weird. Hello. Can't, I can't stop. Stop that, too. I, I can't stop. Won't stop. Two things. Female victim and others covered in grits. Grits. When officers to a home in Ocala, Florida. Argument over a kitchen usage turning violent Monday afternoon when a Miss Mobley grabs some grits that were being cooked by her mother and hit her in the face with the porridge. Three family members were actually hit. The mother's porch was too hot. <laughs> the porch mm-hmm. that hit her son was too cold. Yeah. 
Please continue to search for that porch that was just right. Finally. That, no, see that, yeah, that, that was, was perfect. great. Okay. Comment box over there. Florida man accused of carjacking his 77-year-old grandmother. How awful is this person? His own grandmother. And then, penning a four-page apology letter for the incident. Alan Aspinwall arrested and charged with unarmed carjacking domestic battery. Authorities responded to the home in Leesburg, Florida after reports of battery and theft. When they got there, Aspenwall's grandmother said that the grandson asked her to unlock her car so he could get something out of the trunk. When she walked outside to make sure the car was unlocked, he ripped the keys from her hand and pushed her to the ground in the driveway and drove off. Authorities later caught up to the man over the river and through the woods. Come on, you're not laughing just because you thought the maybe, other one was better. Maybe, you'll this never is, know. This is a principle. You will never, ever it's a principle. know. He's warm, he's safe, and he knows what's going on out on the roads. Thank goodness for Captain Paul Kopsky with a look at KTRS traffic. Julie, the roads are generally pretty bad, especially in South County and South City where I was earlier. Traffic is slow and drivers are getting stuck throughout the area. Thunder snow, which means heavy snow, has been reported in spots around the area. Here are a few of the incidents being reported right now. A two-vehicle crash on 270 West at New Florissant. The westbound 64 exit to Timberlake Manor is closed due to a stalled vehicle. A three-vehicle crash on 44 West before Antire. A one-car crash on 55 North past Route A. And 55 South is bumper-to-bumper in spots in the construction area from the city down to South County. And if you look at the MoDOT traffic map, there's lots of red, and that means slowdowns and congestion. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. How you doing, Mo Campytown? This is a pretty busy day for you when you got oh, weather man. like this. I had a crazy ride home. You want to hear about it? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I but was... Do it with, will you do it with an English accent? <laughs> I don't know if I have one. Let's find out. Hello. We'll Hello. get you started. Well, uh, I was at Golden Corral in South County. No, you're right. You don't. Go ahead. I don't have but tell, yeah. tell us about your ride home. <laughs> well, I, I came out of Golden Corral. I took a right to go uh, north on Lindbergh. I got stuck. I uh, couldn't move, so I took a U-turn in heavy traffic, went down Lindbergh south to 55, came north on 55. That was an adventure. And then I got off on Virginia and made my way to Bates, Grand, and Delore back to my house and almost got stuck several times there. So I'm lucky to be home without a fender bender, really. Were you We're sliding, sliding away? So sliding a little bit, but mainly it was gaining traction was the problem. Uh, my, my tires probably need to be replaced, but I think uh, there were more people than just, just me that were having trouble like that. Can we go back to Golden Corral for a minute? Sure. So what's your favorite station there? My favorite my favorite food, maybe? Well, no, the way Golden Corral's set up, as I recall. Don't they have, like, the chocolate there's fountain? There's, like, the barbecue and... spot, then there's the Chinese, and then, yeah, the fountain that Liam had his hand in. Yep. Um, yeah, so do you have, like, oh, a God. favorite station, Golden Corral? Well, in the morning, they have great breakfast there. Oh. Uh, but uh, in the afternoon, I'm um, into the, uh, the pot roast and... Uh, I'm a red meat kind of guy, and so uh, that's the station I tend to go to.
Into the pyros and looking for love. That's Captain yeah. Paul. Hey, big plans for the weekend. Are you going to a Super Bowl party this weekend? Yeah, last weekend I'll be at a Super Bowl party uh, <laughs> again. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, just trying to have some fun, I guess, between work. I'm going to shoot some uh, wrestling photos tomorrow. You are achieving it. You are achieving it. I am living <laughs> vicariously through you, Captain. I'm uh, 61 going on 30. Yep. I'll give you that. Have a good weekend. <laughs> okay, you too, John and Julie and Max. Stay safe. 237 and note to self, pot roast to Golden Corral. All right? Well, public service from your old Captain uh, Captain Paul. So the mic goes back to text lines. 84126. Not many buffets these days. Strap on the feed bag at Golden Corral. Uh, Ron White said they have a salt lick chocolate fountain. Yeah, I mentioned that, and you said Lance Ham Hand was in it. Oh, yeah. And he was probably up to, he was much smaller at the time, but he was probably up to his elbow in the chocolate fountain. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, we have to go. I just saw this headline. Taylor Swift donates $100,000 as her boyfriend's behavior underwhelms. Now... Does it underwhelm her? It underwhelmed maybe some of us. Is that like what world. we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Because I saw that she gave $100,000, 50 to each of the uh, families of the people that were killed in Kansas City. And, and my thought was, does that make her boyfriend look bad? Because... No, he made himself look bad when he pushed the coach and he screamed, Viva Las Vegas, and then... When he said, you got to fight for your right to party. And then he tried to sing a Garth Brooks song. And it was tragic. The, that was just bad. But to this particular point, that she donated the money to the victims that died at a celebration for his team. It just kind of, to me, doesn't look great that he wasn't the one to throw some money in I would first. think like Patrick Mahomes will probably do something. And who knows if they haven't. They may just not be public about it. They're breaking I don't, up. Th I, this is over. I don't think she's going to like how he came across this during gonna, all of this. And then the partying after they found out what happened. She's already got the song recorded. The Chiefs are going to trade him. No. <laughs> it's over. Good night, everybody. It's been so glad we had this time together. So Alexei Navalny, who has been a strong opponent to Vladimir Putin. Oh, it's so and sad. Was probably, not probably, definitely the biggest opposition leader in Russia to Putin's regime. Oh, died in prison. Look at that. He had gone for a walk. And he was fine. He was uh, in court the day before and laughing and joking. 47 years old, by the dead, way. Dead. Dead. And uh, Kremlin says, oh, we're going to look into it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Strange how his foes seem to come come down with a case of dead. <laughs> There's, There have been, I think one of them truly... Like a piano fell on the guy, you know, or or like an Acme anvil, well, like they're there were, wily coyotes. There was a whole string of people that 
fell out of the window. Remember oh, yeah. that? There's a lot of window falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different windows, but uh, yeah. McGraw endorsed windows, too. Uh, we're going to talk to Royal Oaks in a little bit. Uh, believe it or not, Donald Trump was back in court. I know, crazy. And uh, he owes some monies. Uh, and it's a significant sum. And it makes me wonder, you know, people are saying, oh, this is really going to, you know, put a hole in his fortune. But I would imagine there's already some pretty good dinks in his uh, value just paying all the attorneys for the 85 court cases going at the same time. Well, I mean, do you want to go through the headline here of Trump being barred from operating business in order to pay over $350 million in a civil fraud case? And the judge came down with this decision today. Of course, his attorneys say he will appeal the decision. But yeah. And I, mean, I, I asked you earlier, any idea how many court cases he's got going? I thought it was like 90, literally. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, the judge also barred Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump from serving as an officer or director of any New York corporation or legal entity in New York for two years. Well, you know, just give him some crayons with a couple books. They'll be fine. Wow. They'll be fine. All right, Royal Oaks following it very closely. I mean, we're busy doing this nonsense. Um, so we'll see what he found out. But this coming down, the civil fraud suit, big deal, $370 bucks. I don't have that handy. I don't know about you. So, Royal, why is this different than the other 286 court cases that he's facing right now? Well, the judge felt that uh, Donald Trump lied so often and so, uh, <laughs> that, that to get uh, tax benefits and insurance benefits, to get some loans, to get some deals. Uh, he felt that the, this, this dollar amount is appropriate. Now, Trump's argument was, uh, excuse me, nobody complained. No insurance companies or banks came forward to say, oh, my gosh, we were ripped off to the tune of a million or 100 million because he told us he was worth 10 billion. And we gave him a great juicy rate because of that. Um, the judge said in his decision today uh, that, well, you know, the marketplace suffers when people lie. And New York has a law that does not require the attorney general to prove that anybody was actually injured specifically to the tune of a certain number of dollars. And that was the judge's basis for saying that, yes, Donald Trump was guilty of fraud, even though there's no victim and no designated amount that somebody was victimized by. And then the judge uh, came up with the $354 million against Donald Trump alone, uh, and plus banning him from being an officer or director of any New York corporation for the next three years. So they say that they're going to appeal this, but in the meantime, can he? does he have to follow what the judge has said as far as being ever? a director? And do his sons have to follow what the judge says until it's appealed? Yeah. Yeah, probably so. So there are two components. There's the, the dollar amount. The $354 million, Trump doesn't have to pay because as soon as he appeals, he will file a bond or he will deposit money in escrow uh, to guarantee that if he loses the appeal in a year or two or three, that uh, it will actually be paid. As for being barred from uh, doing business, uh, your, your, your suggestion is correct. It is kind of the death penalty for being kicked out of New York State and, you know, the Trump name will come off the Trump Tower and so on. They'll appoint a receiver to run the show and and gradually it would be, you know, he'd be paid off and it would be taken away from him. But 
uh, Trump can go to the appellate court and say, whoa, folks, uh, this is really outlandish. Uh, and so it really would be irreparable injury on me if I couldn't uh, put get this order put on hold pending my uh, successful, hopefully successful appeal in your fine court. So with some of these other cases that are out there with this ruling today, might this affect anything else like the states that are trying to get them off the ballot? No, everything's totally separate. The only unifying force of all of these cases is every time something bad happens to Donald Trump, he gets a bump in the polls. And, and more money. More money from donors, money. right. So that's the only link because as a matter of law, uh, there is no connection at all or impact on uh, obviously the four criminal cases are, are, are separate from this civil case. And as to the other cases you're uh, suggesting about the insurrection case that you know, we expect a, a decision maybe today out of the U.S. Supreme Court on whether Colorado can kick him off the ballot and, and uh, the other civil matters against him, the defamation and so on, they're all in their own separate orbits. In their own orbits. So are you just going to spend the, the better part of the rest of your career going from Trump trial to Trump trial? <laughs> well, I, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting for me. It's going to actually be kind of rough on Donald Trump because uh, he, in most criminal cases, is going to be required to be in court all day, every day. And, of course, the Trump defenders say, oh, oh how convenient. You know, the Democrat prosecutors roll out four separate uh, indictments uh, that resulting in four trials that basically take up the entire election year of 2024 so that he can't campaign, can't campaign. Trump, of course, has said, well, we'll do what we have to do. I'll be in court all day and I'll be campaigning all night. Uh, it's just going to make for a very weird situation. Yeah. And this is the case in New York where just a week ago he stormed out of the courtroom, he being Donald Trump, and uh, was getting into it and, and kind of speaking over the judge and that kind of behavior, right? Yeah, and that was the $83 million defamation verdict, of course, in favor of E. Jean Carroll. We thought that was a big deal. It looks like small potatoes now. Oh, wow. Just a, just a fraction of the $354 million. Another day, another news story. I'm sure we're going to be getting with you next week on yet something else. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Royal. You too. I uh, before we go, I, it just occurred to me that usually when I talk about classic air care, I talk about your comfort in your home. But you know, they also tend to businesses a lot of commercial work. But I I never really remember to bring that up, and I mean all kinds of stuff like from HVAC installation to, of course, uh, repair, refrigeration services fixture insulations. So for your business as well, obviously, if you got clients coming in too, you want them to be comfortable when they come in. So sure, they will take care of your commercial properties as well as your residential properties. Very important to stay comfortable and certainly stay warm in this weather. They can help you. Call 314 804 37 that's 314-804-6737 financing available and find them online classic air care with an e actually fueys classic air care a-i-r-e care.com sorry didn't mean to confuse you that's it stay warm stay safe
That's the bigger component of this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We'll be back here on Monday. Join we'll Williams. Talk to Martin Kilcoin. Oh, good Lord. And we're going to play the, the iconic oh. interview with Billy D. Williams and I'm, John Carney. I'm calling in sick. We'll still play the interview. I'm going to spend the weekend working on my uh, Diderot skills. I would. Uh, maybe we'll uh, get a bit of a break in, in the weather. Fingers crossed. We shall see. Uh, good night, Julie Buck. I don't think we got one this week. Good night, Julie Buck. And Maxie, stay safe, buddy. <gasps> Coming up, Heidi. Coming up, Josh. We're going to go. I'm John Carney. Thanks for listening. Be good to each other.